Welcome to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast, presented by Zenium HR. I'm your host, Brandon Laws. Whether you're an HR professional or a small business leader, each episode of this podcast is designed to bring you the latest in technical HR and leadership at your convenience. More content is available on our website at www.zeniumhr.com. Let's dive into today's topic. Welcome to the HR for Small Business Podcast. This is your host, Brandon Laws. Today, I have a returning guest, Benjamin Prinzing. He is the CEO, founder, and chief of everything at Catalyst. They are uh, a worksite wellness company, and they are in Portland, Oregon. Benjamin, good to have you back. Thanks for having me. It's good to be back. So I actually pinged you on this topic that was so interesting. Um, wearables are coming up a lot. Uh, worksite wellness programs, employers are starting to integrate wearables. Uh, and for those that don't really understand what wearables are, it's you know, the the devices that are attached, like Fitbits and, and all these other cool devices that we're using, but employers are starting to to use them a lot in their, their worksite wellness programs, right? So can you define what the wearables are and then maybe some examples of some of the things that people are, are starting to use? Yeah, I mean, a wearable, um, it was really anything that you, you put on, right? So, um, you know, when it comes to corporate wellness, I think the most common ones that, that we see are, you know, the now we actually have like the Apple Watch, we have heart rate monitors, we have pedometers and, and step counters. And the most common, like the Fitbit, like the activity trackers. I mean, we're even seeing uh, wearables now getting into clothing uh, so we can track different aspects of, uh, of, of our like heart rate and things like that through, through our clothes that we wear. So um, that's how I would define you know, wearables, Any, anything that we're, we're putting on to track some, some kind of data point. So for, from an employer's perspective, are they those that actually are on the leading edge of wellness and actually have these wellness programs, are they, do you see that a lot of employers are starting to integrate the, the wearables, at least with some sort of subsidy or maybe they're in paying for the full thing or just encouraging empo- employees to actually use them for tracking? Yeah, that's a great question. We have a lot of employers that we're seeing, at least right now in, in our market here in the Northwest, you know, inquiring about them. Um, some have definitely already moved forward and, and have, have bought them for, for their employees. Uh, in, in a way, it, it is kind of like this, this new fad, um, though it's not really that big far of a leap from where we've come from. So we kind of backtrack a little bit. If, you know, when the Biggest Loser TV show came up, we um, started seeing that, that you know, uh, get launched in, in companies, these Biggest Loser competitions. And then, you know, biometric screenings have, have been, um, you know, kind of the big rave for the last, you know, probably, uh, gosh, t- 10 years, health risk assessments as well, too. Now we've gone to online tracking tools. So going from online tracking to an actual wearable with apps is not that far of a stretch. So um, definitely see a lot more companies leaning toward that just because it's kind of like the next the next thing that they're, they're, they're trying out. Because I think one of the biggest challenges that we have with worksite wellness is how do we keep it new and fresh? So we're always looking for something new and fresh. And, and right now, you know, the wearables is, is where it's at. You know, some of the biggest benefits that I've noticed in using wearables are is the instant data, the dashboarding, that kind of stuff. And over the years, as I've had pedometers and, and now I have a Fitbit and I really want to upgrade to now like an iWa- an Apple iWatch and the, those sort of things. But they, you know, from the very get go, I, I always had 
uh, something that just counted my steps. But now a lot of the devices are monitoring heart rates and they're doing all sorts of other sleeping, like sleep patterns or whatnot. Where do you see this going for wearables? I mean, are we are we going to get to a point where we're wearing some sort of wristband or something on our arm or sleeve that it's you know measuring the things that we have in our body from you know what we're intaking for food and you know and beverages and those sort of things? Or and I guess how does it affect well the wellness programs going forward? Yeah, I mean, this is, it's not going to go anywhere. I mean, technology is obviously getting deployed in, in every facet of our life. I mean, worksite wellness, why would that one be missed, um, especially with health health and wellness? I mean, there's a, there's technology coming out on how to um, measure the ca- calories on your plate. It's a special plate. There's uh, mugs that are coming out where it can actually track, you know, what's actually inside of your your this, this thermos. Uh, is it actually milk? Is it is it a protein drink? Is it is it water? And it tracks that and actually sends you know data over to your um, you know over to your phone. So there, it's not it's definitely not not going away. What we'll definitely see though is the cost of these these solutions coming coming way down. And I think that's going to be the the biggest uh, push that we'll see with with these wearables. And in the future, we'll see a lot more companies uh, adopting this because it'll be a little bit more affordable. You you had mentioned you know some of these wearables that you know, can track your sleep and can track your heart rate. And they're, we're just going to be starting to track more stuff. But some of these tools are, you know, they're they're hundred dollars plus. Um, so once we start seeing them, you know, them drop down to be a little bit more affordable, we'll definitely see a, a, a huge growth spurt with companies adopting it. It'll just be more affordable to do so. I mean, why not? As employers have these small or even a, a full-blown wellness program, how do you see them using the wearable technology to to really integrate and help with the kind of the tracking and and just get people excited and thinking about wellness? I mean, because that's the thing is the, with the wearables, I got excited when I started using a Fitbit. I, I wanted to go out and run and, and to, to compete with my colleagues and, and whatnot. And I, th- I see some benefits for, for wellness programs, but how do employers dive in and, and really integrate these well with, with any program it's no it's no different it's you you have to start small um and you have to really do a good job communicating what it is that you're, you're trying to to go after get the employees buy-in especially with something like wearables that it, it is right now it's there there are definitely cheap wearables out there you can get a pedometer for you know five, oh, sure. five bucks, oh, yeah. so those are definitely ways that you can you know start start small there, and um, and then if you've gotten some good traction, then you know move, move it move it along. Uh, you know, Safe Corporation's great example that they just use uh, they have pedometers. Um, they don't have you know hundred and fifty dollar plus uh, you know Fit Fitbits, and and that's that's fine. So whatever it is that that budget is, you can kind of back into, and then and again just as always, you know start start small. Um, I've seen companies that have bought. Uh, wearables, Fitbits for their entire employee population, which is over wow! Employees, oh my goodness! Yeah. Didn't even ask them if they wanted one, and about thirty percent of them actually used it. So that was a, a huge spend. So, <laughs> oh, what a big! That's a waste of money. <laughs> exactly. So there's there's definitely ways of going about it, and um, whether well, no matter what it is, uh, it just needs to be really well communicated up front. And that, and I think that's a that's a good point. It's like ask your employees what. What's going to make you excited about wellness? And maybe it's not wearables at this moment. Maybe they don't understand what what the benefits are. So I think that's a, that's a great point. And um, I think employers who are listening to this should probably take note of that is probably pull your audience, pull your employees. What do they actually want? Because you don't want to spend, I mean, Fitbits are up 
two two fifty, depending on some of the upper echelon the the quality of the Fitbits. I mean, they yeah, get two hundred fifty bucks. Exactly. It's, Crazy. Well, and studies have shown too that um, where it's really working um, is with younger uh, people, uh, 20 to 35 years old. Um, they're really uh, adopting to it. Where um, I think we need to also do some of that research as well too, is kind of finding out where 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 is this working? What's what? Because we it's been around for a while now. These these Fitbits. Um, so there's plenty of data and, and research that can suggest, okay, what are some of the best practices, what's working, what's not working. So just honestly doing some, some simple Google searches like, hey, will this work with my, with my group, um, is, it will, would, would be helpful. There's so many benefits, I think, to using wearables, and there's obviously some probably negative consequences. I want to talk about some of the benefits first off. I mean, what do you see as some of the main benefits of using wearables in the workplace? I like to, to see that there's something visual and tangible that you, you, you can see. Sometimes when we do things in wellness like health coaching or even biometric screenings, often those, those types of things are done in, in private and you know, it's confidential. And wearable just really exposes you know, this, this health initiative um, you know, just out loud. I mean, you're, you're physically having to wear something, you're monitoring something, you're talking about it. Um, it's creating really good energy and, and awareness, and that's that's what we need to get back to. Um, instead of you know health you know health risk management, we need to be focusing on just you know health improvement and health awareness and making it more fun. And I believe that's what you know the, the intentions of, of, of wearables are. Um, and, and it allows you to to have those kind of short wins too. We're not necessarily looking at year to year or a multi year strategy for wellness. We're we're talking about well, what can we do with this wearable in the next like four weeks, the next six weeks. So it creates that sense of urgency, which we haven't really seen done that well in other programs. And those are what kind of wearable brings to the table. It just really exposes um, various aspects of, of wellness that we just haven't seen yet. What do you think about habits? Do you think it's it's making some sort of impact on either positively or negatively on, on the habits of people from a wellness perspective? You know, there's this great book that came out uh, not too long ago. It's called The Power of Habit. And it talks about your, your cues, your routines, and your reward system. And we're all the same. Um, so what the, the wearable does, it actually creates that, that trigger, that, that constant reminder of, oh, crap, <laughs> I, I haven't had enough stuff. I've been sitting on my butt all day. I need to get up and, and move. And you know, even my wife, when the, fuel, the Nike Fuel Band first came out, um, she jumped all over that. And I was like, yo, this is probably going to last a couple months. You know what? She's had it for until it broke. I think she had it for well over a year, and it, it worked. It was a constant reminder for her to to get up and, and and do something. And I think that's what's unique about that, which we haven't had that. It's been an email that that's getting sent by maybe our health plan or or a wellness vendor. And like, how often are we checking our our emails off the clock? Where this wearable is a constant reminder. It's physically touching you all day long. So, um, yeah, I think that's the that's what makes it uh, helpful. In creating those triggers, so we can hopefully, you know, move move along our you know our, our own personal you know wellness journey. Yeah, some that add to that is I, I so I have a Fitbit, and that's why I keep talking about it. Um, that's my only experience is with the wearables. Uh, but the social part of it is so huge for me because as I'm competing with colleagues or I'm connected with them and I see how many steps they're getting every day and you can even talk trash and, and cheer on people. And I think that that social, the social cue, just as much as you alluded to the, you know, your personal cues in your dashboard, I think that in itself is like a huge accountability piece. So I'm always thinking about getting up from my desk and walking around just to get a few extra steps or I'm thinking about 
you know, at lunch, I need to go walk up and down the street just to, to be moving because my steps haven't increased over the, over the course of the day and, or my heart rate, maybe it's at a certain level and I need to just get moving or calm down or, you know, this, I think those, those things can help you when you're connected with other people and, and have those, those cues. You're, you're absolutely right. And, you know, studies have been around forever when it comes to peer support, whether it be, um, you know, having this, this wearable or trying to quit smoking or trying to lose weight or trying to eat healthier, always having that support group is going to be helpful. So if you happen to have somebody else that has a Fitbit and you're kind of doing the same similar, you know, similar activities, of course, that's going to be a, a huge win, especially for people that might not be as self-motivating. Um, you know, having that social support is, will definitely be key to seeing some success for sure. It's not just about the Fitbit. It's, it's definitely... Um, taking advantage of all the aspects that that a, a wearable can provide, and, and you nailed it. Uh, the social aspect will be huge for sure. So we we obviously know one of the benefits is having that constant dashboard in your face of the data and and cool charts and and all that when you go to your application. So obviously they're collecting a lot of personal data from from the device itself, either through like Bluetooth technology or whatever. Do you see any potential risks with the personal data collection? That's a great question. In, in fact, the, the EEOC right now um, has uh, wearables under review to determine hmm. whether or not you know that data being collected is actually um, considered personal health information and should be protected. Um, so it's just always in the best interest of an employer to just <laughs> keep an arm's length uh, from any of that personal health information and have some kind of third party uh, you know manage that for them and just get the aggregate reports. It's just Better to be safe, safe than sorry. So that is definitely going to be a concern. And I, we, who knows what the EEOC is going to do. But um, just because it's under review just kind of shows that it's it's that gray line and might just want to kind of maybe step toward uh, the other, uh, one way or the other of kind of what you want to do. So, uh, again, always keep an arm's length from, from your, your employees' uh, uh, personal data for sure. And I think it's good that we're reviewing that and have, having these conversations now. I mean, at this point, I don't, I don't personally think that they're, they're collecting so much data on our health uh, with these wearables because, I mean, they're tracking steps. They're tracking, in some cases, heart rate or weight if you, you know, it's user input and some, maybe some other things. So I don't think it's vital data. But do you see any other negative unintended consequences of using the wearables and having that data collected? I think to kind of get back to your point there, I mean, you know, weight, um, you know, is personal health information. Heart rate technically is personal health information where your steps, that that's not. Um, so it could come back and bite us um, for sure. The other negative consequence would just actually just be more on, on making sure we're not setting ourselves up to fail. Um, I see a lot of these uh, programs get launched with actually any worksite wellness program. And I'm not trying to, you know, put wearables down. It, it happens with, with, with any initiative is that we, we are not setting the right expectations, and then and then come the end of the year, we really didn't have anything to show for it. Like we didn't really have that many people participating. Well, and we blame it on the vendor, or we blame it on uh, you know budget, or we blame it on the wearable. And it's like, well, it had nothing to do with Fitbit because um, there's been success that's out there. Um, it has been because of we haven't communicated it, or we haven't had a point person to really run it, oversee it, promote it, keep it top of mind. Um, so that would be the only negative consequence is if you're convincing your your CEO to spend all this money on wearables and incentives and it was a flop, I don't know, you might get in trouble for, for wasting a lot of money. Um, that would definitely be a negative consequence. So always keep that at top of mind. 
Do you know of any companies that are using wearables? I, you, knew, you alluded to the fact that one company was going to buy Fitbits for all of their their employees and only 30% of the group actually use them. But do, do you have any other case studies where people or employers made this effort to, to integrate wearables in some part of their wellness program and had a lot of success at it? Yeah, I and mean, I mentioned them uh, earlier, which would uh, which is a local company, you know, here in Portland, which is safe, or technically they're down, they're down in Salem. Oh, yeah. I mean, they have a, like a thousand employees and they have a hundred percent participation on their pedometer program. And that sounds amazing. And I'm not saying everybody can get to that point. But if you kind of look at what's happened, what's got them there, it's a, a couple of things. It's, it's, it's very well incentivized. Um, it's taking years for them to get there. It's been more of a long-term thing. It's now just become part of their, their cult, overall culture. And lastly, they have a dedicated wellness manager that oversees the entire program. So kind of hats off to you know that person to making sure that it's, it's getting ran efficiently. So kind of lessons learned for smaller businesses is that obviously if you can't have a, a dedicated full-time person, um, there still needs to be someone that's that's kind of overseeing that and, and doing the marketing. So that's why I believe that Safe Corporation has such a, a good such had such good success is because they've had some somebody kind of overseeing that. And like I said, now it's just part of their culture. If you're a new employee and you, you're not doing it, um, from what I've been told, you're you're kind of the weird one uh, for not for not participating because that's just what you do when you're when you're there, which I think is amazing. If somebody comes to you and says, Benjamin, I want to figure out a way to integrate wearables in my worksite wellness program, what kind of advice would you give them to, to get started? Same thing I would suggest for, for uh, big businesses and, and uh, mentioned it earlier. Just just start small, do a pilot test with a few employers uh, or a few employees and, and perhaps you don't have to necessarily buy the, the, again the most expensive wearables up front. Just, you know, it's, it's, it's a trial and error thing. Not everything's going to work, not for every company. And like I mentioned, you know, the, the data suggests that these work really, really well within a specific demographic. Um, and so if you don't fit that demographic, which is the, the 20 to 35-year-olds, um, you maybe have an, an aging population, not saying it can't work with them, but just make sure that you're testing these, these, uh, these solutions out before you just kind of go full board and go all out with uh, buying everybody uh, a, a tool. That would be my suggestion. So let's let's kind of end the podcast with giving employers kind of a sense for what wearables are on the market and then from price ranges. Do you have ones that you like and that you'd actually recommend? I mean, I've only tried a few, so I don't say I'm an expert on all the ones that are available. There are more and more and more coming mm-hmm. um, almost every day, it seems like. But what I can tell you is that Fitbit actually owns 70% of the market in corporate wellness. They own that much. Seventy percent. That's crazy. Uh-huh. I mean, their their tool is amazing. I mean, I just the dashboarding application in itself is fantastic. That's that's why I stay with Fitbit. Well, and that's why is because they have an amazing platform for businesses specifically. They've invested a lot of money to make it a corporate wellness program. You know, using their their tool and versus it just being. I mean, the fuel band was great when it was when it was out, but it didn't have that that business platform for yeah it wasn't adopted by users like on the on the cloud the cloud-based stuff i mean if you have a cool looking hardware device that's one thing but having the the software part of it is such a huge component and i'd argue it's the most important aspect of it. it's absolutely critical there's actually another local company uh in bend uh that has their own uh uh, a device that's called CardioFit, or the the website is CrowdFit uh, with a K, and actually it's the only FDA approved device on the market. And what makes theirs unique 
um, is that they tie it to kind of a community raffle program. Um, so if you're hitting all your goals, you're, you're, you're sleeping the right amount of hours, you're doing the right amount of steps, the system actually automatically enrolls you into a raffle for winning cash prizes. I, I have a, a company that I work with that's actually a small business, only about 25, 30 employees, and they've won uh, a few times. Actually, one of the employees just won the $5,000 prize which actually end up helping other employees enroll in the program. Um, theirs is a little different. Theirs is meant to be um, paid for by the employee. I think it's like $25 a month. It's a membership that, that you sign up for, and it gives you access to the online tool. Um, but it's a different way of doing it. Um, it's, it's to not only compete with your, yourselves you know, at work, but as a community, as, as a whole. And it's amazing the people that I've seen locally that use CardioFit there's always been at least one employee that's won some, some one of the raffles, so you'd think it would be almost impossible, but it's it's not. Um, so that's another one to, to, to look into for sure. Well, hey, this has been a fun topic, and I appreciate you geek, geeking out with me a little bit because I, I do love the technology, and I know you do too, so these, these are always fun conversations. Uh, can you give uh, listeners any sense for how they can learn more about what you're up to, uh, Catalyst, and then I know you're involved with a lot of events, so maybe if people are local to the Portland, Oregon area and they want to see you speak or see what you're involved in, maybe um, just kind of highlight those a little bit. Sure. Um, as of last year, I joined the board of the American Heart Association, and so I've been involved with their annual Worksite Wellness uh, Summit uh, held at the Oregon Convention Center for, for gosh, the last five years, been chairing it the last three um, so that's a great event to come come to. We have our next event coming up on September 7th um, at the Oregon Convention Center. And about four years ago, uh, we also oh, for, for more information on that, you can go to you know www.worksitewellnesssummit.org. Um, we'll host all of our, we're just about to put all of our speakers on there, um, the, the agenda for the day. So we've kind of blocked everything in for the day, but I um, just need to update the website at this point. And then about four years ago, we did a spinoff of the summit. Um, a good friend of mine, Renee Coombs, who actually happens to be the wellness manager down at State Corporation, um, thought that we needed to meet more regularly. So every other month, uh, we meet at the downtown Moda building for free. Um, it's a non-solicitation environment. We call it the Worksite Wellness Network. So worksitewellnessnetwork.org is our website. Um, and we, um, so the events are, are on there. Um, we have our next event coming up on, on April 14th, um, talking about change management and how to apply those solutions or strategies in, 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 in wellness. And so those are some great resources to con uh, connect with. Of course, um, we have resources on our website at you know, catalyst.com. But um, I like to get people connected with other employers. So definitely attend the, the, the bi-monthly uh, events. So we have people coming all the way up from Eugene. We've had people coming up from uh, Kelso, Washington uh, to attend our events. We have about 350 members representing about 250 uh, organizations throughout the greater Portland metro area. So it's a great way to, to network and, and get plugged into uh, the community. Benjamin Prinzian of Catalyst. Thank you, my friend. Uh, you're very welcome, sir. Thanks for listening to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our blog at www.zeniumhr.com forward slash blog and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to hear about the latest in HR and leadership. The information on today's episode is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as legal or customized advice for you or your organization. This podcast is hosted and fully produced by Brandon Laws, that's me, 
and created and owned by Zenium Resources, Inc. For more information or to contact us, visit www.zeniumhr.com.